Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you are listening from today, we want to say thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Acknowledge that this particular episode of the podcast was recorded in the midst of COVID-19 and so with some appropriate social distancing, but also acknowledging the challenges that are upon us right now. It was also recorded just days prior to Mother's Day. And so a salute and a celebration and an acknowledgement for all of the wonderful women in our lives. Thank you for the contribution that you have made and continue to make. Today, I sit down with Steph Panache from the class of 2002, and she is a relatively new mum doing the juggle between professional life, also working in a number of different capacities with different hats on, as well as still being a student, an educator, and a student, a lifelong learner. Stephanie was uh, here, graduated in the class of 2002, and in fact, now works back here at Yarra Valley Grammar. She's gone full circle here as a secondary school teacher. Enjoy this conversation with Stephanie Panache as we prepare to celebrate Mother's Day this weekend. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And as we do every episode, it is my privilege to sit down with another wonderful Yarra old grammarian, a yog. And today we're going way, way, way back (laughs) to the class of 2002. And I'm sitting here with my friend and colleague, Steph Panache. Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you kindly for having me and for the opportunity. Good to have you on board. Now, Steph, I wonder uh, if you can cast your mind back to the first time that you came to Yarra, what when you're in uniform and you're ready to go, what year were you in and what was your uniform looking like? Such great emphasis on, on casting back. I'm sorry um, about that. I let know. me just take a moment and see if I can think back that far. Um, I started at Yarra when uh, at the start of year eight, which was um, 1998, and uh, the uniform was pretty much the same as it is now. Um, I remember going to Fletcher Jones in Eastland to get my kilt um, fitted and um, wore tights um, and a jumper and blazer in the winter and the school dress in the summer as it is now. So it's still very familiar. Did you say that you started year eight? I did. So that's an interesting time to start, isn't it? Um, it is. Evidently, I imagine you started at another school and then had to break your way into some of the friendship groups that had already been established. I did. Um, And look, I think um, the Yarra spirit that we talk about is probably um, evidenced um, by how easy that was. Um, It wasn't, I I certainly don't recall that being um, stressful or traumatic, having to, um, you know, break my way into new um, friendship groups. Mm. It was um, welcomed. Uh, I made friends, you know, really easily. It was a lovely cohort. And that could be partly reflective of you and your personality and happiness and joy, but also perhaps reflects the Yarra spirit, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think it, it is probably, I was always, I think, a relatively easygoing um, young person, but I think it does speak volumes about um, yeah the school and the values of the school and that those students had, had sort of 
had instilled. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, we were still in a time where year nine was probably the uh, the most challenging and many teachers would um, cringe if they had to teach a year nine class. I think it's changed slightly now, but back then I know year nine was the the challenging year, let's call it that. Do you remember or recall any particular challenges in your year nine experience? Not really. Um, I, was, I wasn't too much of a rat bag, to be honest. Um, I do, I definitely do recall though that particular year in our schooling as being the one that um, we were probably dreaded the most. Mm. Um, but, oh gosh, maybe I'm just looking back with rose-coloured glasses. Um, I really, I don't recall my any of my own behaviour that was especially rat-baggy. Okay. Look, I probably tested, was testing parents and teachers a bit, but that's yeah. about the extent of it. Sure. Who were your crew? Like what sort of area on the school grounds or in rooms? Where, where did you kind of hang? Were you uh, out on the sports fields? That's where you loved it. Or were you in the library? Because that was where you felt most comfortable. Or were you on a stage? Were you sitting in the sunshine with a, a bunch of girls just chatting? Where, where, were, where would we find you if we wandered through the school? Um, I think you would probably at some point or another have found me in all of those places. Um, I loved getting involved in the school productions. Um, you know, I had some really key roles. Um, I was at one point um, girl on bus. Um, I think I was probably, um, you know, like a tree or <laughs> something at some point. But <laughs> despite my um, lack of, you know, actual talent, I was always um, involved and enjoyed and always felt um, you know, valued. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I was ready for the big build-up. You were going to give us the, the starring role in the, the lead in the musical, but you were yeah. the, the tree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And a very good tree, no doubt. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, a method actor, I, I would have taken it very seriously. Um, so, so what was it about things like the musical that, and look, let's be honest, we need the trees, but what, why did you want to be part of that? Um, I think, look, I, I love theatre and I love music um, and I'm also self-aware enough to know that I am not exceptionally talented in terms of acting and singing. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it was largely the social aspect of it. I think a lot of my close friends um, were involved um, and just the fun of it. I think it, it was... I don't know, it was embraced to, to sort of um, do all of those types of things mm. and, and getting together on the weekends to rehearse and sing and dance and mm. you know, have late night rehearsals with pizza and all of those things were just fun. And, and is there a particular musical or performance that stands out to you, a, a show that you were part of that was kind of, that was your favourite? Yeah. Oh, what did I, what did we do? Um, what I remember some of the um the titles of the, I remember doing um my, my my largest most substantial role I think was as one of the witches in Macbeth ah. so I remember that one quite well um was good and oh the the names of some of the other musicals escape me at the moment but um we did have a ball yes um, yeah. and it was 
you know, it was the rehearsals, it was the lead up to the actual performances, I think, that was, you know, the greatest part of the experience. Yeah. Do you recall enjoying stepping onto stage and having the lights and, and whether the lights were really bright and you couldn't see people out there or maybe you could and you were nervous? What, what was that experience like? Yeah, I definitely did enjoy that. And I enjoyed that in a lot of different parts of my um, extracurricular involvement. Um, and it was always that, um, like that positive nervousness. I always felt a bit, you know, stressed and nervous with the adrenaline, but then loved actually being able to, to perform and, and execute whatever it was that I'd been planning or practicing or, yeah. um, yeah, there is something about doing the work and doing the preparation and then being able to, to show and deliver and, and do, do what you've been training for. Definitely. Excellent. Uh, we're talking with Steph Panache from the class of two thousand and two. <laughs> so um, far, so far to think back. <laughs> um, Steph, you have spoken a little bit about co-curricular and some of the joys of that. Tell me a little bit about academics. What sort of a foundation did Yarra in terms of academically? What did that build for you? Were you straight A's? Were you loving in the classroom, or was that a bit of a challenge for you? No, I definitely um, was well suited to that sort of this traditional school environment that we sort of have come to know. Um, and I was a fairly solid student. In retrospect, if I had to write my own report, um, <laughs> I would be the classic, you know, could achieve so much if she really applied herself type student. Um, and I don't think I ever really... Um, pushed myself particularly hard. Okay. I cruised and I still did fairly well. But what I I think I, I, I learned so much more about, um, you know, ways of thinking and um, studying subjects like literature and philosophy is things that I, I did or learnt in those classes that, you know, still resonate with me today. Mm. So, you know, while I... Possibly didn't, yeah, stretch myself to the max and, and make the full, take the full advantage of, of the academics. I just, I still got so much out of, of my classes. So in that sense, it did lay a really firm foundation mm. upon which you have built. And, and you spoke about the notion of potentially writing your own report. I, I happen to know that you have written a number of reports, <laughs> lots of reports since uh, receiving those reports. But that's the now. Uh, and, and you are a teacher now and therefore writing reports. And in fact, you are back working at Yarra Valley Grammar. Goes full circle and that's really a beautiful does. journey as well. We'll talk some more about that in a moment. But what happened when you initially left school? Did you go straight to Teachers College or did you go travel or did you begin in another industry? I, um, I took the scenic route to Teachers College and... Um, I did start uni pretty much straight away um, and I can't for the life of me work out how or why I ended up starting the course that I did. But like many young people, I um, started a course and uh, decided uh, not too far in that, that it was not my cup of tea. And anyone who knows me now might find it bizarre that it was in fact a business um, public relations course that I started. And I think it was the PR... I think I was attracted to the uh, maybe the presenting and the, the communication side of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it didn't take me all that long to work out. That was um, maybe not not for me. 
Um, and I had the rest of that first year out off and went back um, and studied a Bachelor of Social Science, majoring in psychology and sociology. Mm. Okay, yeah. So that was when my, my path started nice. to firm up a bit. And so you, you pursued that for a couple of years and then did you add teaching on at the end of that? I actually finished um, my bachelor and went and worked um, for a couple of years. I did. Um, I worked at a, at the Age at Fairfax. Right. Um, and then. And your role there was. It was largely in advertising, um, on advertising okay. sales. Right. Um, which was interesting. And then a total sort of career change. I went and worked um, for Triple Zero for a, a quite a number of years. The um, emergency. The emergency line. Right. Yeah. So I was um, call taking, dispatching, and um, doing some team leading um, there in the ambulance emergency call centre. Wow. Yeah. So if if anything has ever refined my communication skills, yes. that was it. Okay. So th- this is a whole new area for me. I've never spoken to anybody who's been <laughs> in that pressure bubbler situation of a call comes through and so at times were you the one who answered the call somebody dials in triple o and you are the one and what do you say you say you want to know where they are what's going on how urgent it is and and then so you're at back in the day triple o and you were on behalf of the ambulance were you or could it have been any no so when you call triple zero you reach telstra and telstra then um divert the call to um, police, ambulance or um, okay. fire, yep. and I was in the ambulance call centre. Right. What's the um, – is there a particular call that you're able to talk about that maybe you were on the line for quite a while and you had to talk somebody through a particular scenario? Because I imagine some of it would just be get the details and dispatch. Mm-hmm. But some of them, maybe you're the one on the line – whether it's calming them down, giving them some guidance, yeah. it's first aid at a distance. Can you? Is there an experience there that you had that uh, that jumps to mind? Yeah, look, there's there's lots to is be there? honest. Right. Um, and the ones that you uh, tend to stay on the phone for are often the quite serious ones, um, where CPR is involved or some other sort of um, life saving instruction. Um, is required, but geez, I I had um, I had murders. I had, had two murders, I think, in my, in my five and a half years there. So what does that mean? Is, Meaning somebody rings up and says, "Triple O, I think I've just," or it was more, or I've just stumbled someone's across. just been stabbed, or Wowzers. yeah, it would look. There's some pretty obviously, as you can imagine, some pretty heavy sort of um, things that took place, but also get. Um, the only really positive call you'd ever get was um, babies on the way. That was nice. Uh-huh. Um, and so you'd be on the phone sometimes to them for a while. Yes. Um, and are you talking to the about-to-be mum or the about-to-be dad? Usually it's the partner, the, yes. the, often the dad. Um, and so having to give them plenty of instructions to keep them busy and occupied while the ambulance is trying to get there. And, and your communication skills would need to be simplified wouldn't they because so much is going on in that moment and there's panic and there's terror and there's potentially first time gonna be parent and a whole range of different emotions all boiled up and you're the one (laughs) trying to keep it calm absolutely boy oh boy sounds like a year nine class (laughs) there's some transferable (laughs) skills definitely for sure now 
It's interesting that we're actually recording this in the lead up towards Mother's Day. And you've spoken a little bit about some of the joys of helping other people to um, to become parents in, in a sense. Um, what about your own journey? You, I know, you are a mum. So happy I Mother's am. Day for this, Thank for this you. weekend. Thank you. Tell um, me a little bit about your family. So my son James was born in uh, January of last year. So he's um, 15 and a half months old now. He um, was very, very longed for. Um, I had reached a point after quite a long time where I I didn't think I was going to be able to realise my dream of of having a family. And so he was, um, he felt very much like a miracle um, when he came and I'm just loving it. Like any new parent, I think the first year is a bit of um, a chaotic haze um, and there's so much learning and, um, you know, craziness and tiredness, um, but it's just been the most incredible um, experience of, of my husband and my lives, I think. So mm. we're, we're just loving um, watching him learn and develop and he's just started walking. So, right, um, which ha- is another layer of challenge, oh. isn't it, really? The house is um, it's virtually just wrapped in cotton wool at the moment. So, yes. yeah, that's been incredible. Excellent. And, and what's a activity, pastime experience that you get to share with James that really is something you look forward to, whether it's a, a daily thing or a, a special occasion thing? What's one thing that, that is really special mother and son time? Yeah, it's that first thing in the morning. My, okay. hus- my yeah. husband leaves for work very early. Um, so he's usually long out the door by seven and, and James will wake up and we just, it's the simplest thing. I'm, we're both like, we're similar in that we're both just a bit, you know, we need time to thaw out in the morning and we just sit there on the couch arm in arm and have a bit of a cuddle. Wonderful. Um, and so that's a really nice way to, to start the day. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, obviously there are some differences in our experience of this time of the year this year in 2020, as we record this. What does Mother's Day look like at the moment for you, do you think? Um, oh, look, it'll be... There's no doubt James has got some big plans, really. He does. He does. <laughs> I know for a fact, actually, he's been very busily um, creating some art. Um, he does childcare a couple of days a week, so I'm very much looking forward to the great reveal um, on Sunday morning. But, look, it'll be pretty low-key, Um as you know, we often go out with my mum for lunch or for dinner and, and spend some time together and just, you know, um, make a celebration of it. But I think it's it's the togetherness that's the most important thing. Um, and so one way or another, yeah. we'll be together. And yeah. if I can have a little sleep in, really, mm-hmm. that yes. is that is all I ask for. Excellent. And is your husband on board with that? He'd want to be. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Well, we might make sure we release this ahead of Mother's Day so that he gets the... Uh... He, he will be. He's, uh, he's very good like that. That's great. That's that's terrific. Um, nowadays, though, we mentioned earlier that you are back in the classroom and, in fact, back here at Yarra Valley Grammar as a uh, secondary school teacher. What are you teaching um, and what do you love about teaching? Oh, I, you know, I have to catch myself in sounding cliche, um, but teaching is is really my calling. And look, it's only a, a part, it's a huge part of my career, but at the moment I um, 
I'm kind of, I try to be a bit of an education all-rounder. Prior to coming back to Yarra, I've spent a couple of years um, sort of in the public service doing some education policy work. Um, I also do a little bit of um, lecturing at um, Deakin Uni and I'm also studying still. So um, it, well, I guess um, teaching is a really significant part of my career, but it's um, very much a career in, in education as a whole. <laughs> yes, and, and lots of things that you're juggling at the moment. So you're still learning and I dare say there's a, a, a value there on the, the notion of lifelong learning. Mm, absolutely. You're a university lecturer and you're a secondary school teacher mm-hmm. uh, and you're a mum. Yes. And a partner and a... All of the things, <laughs> goodness gracious, that is a lot of things to be juggling. It is, but I I do all of them in, in smaller sort of um, portions than um, if I was to only do one or two of them. So right, okay. I'm, um, I'm part-time here at Yarra, I'm casual at, at Deakin and I'm studying part-time as well. So I have gotten old enough and wise enough now to, to stop biting off more than I can um, chew and making sure that, you know, what's really important in my life is what gets the most time and attention. Mm, mm. Uh, but I do thrive just having a few little things um, bubbling yeah. away at yeah. once. Keeping things ticking along. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, but to be back here um, at Yarra as a teacher is um, is a, a joy. Um, it is, Geez, this year is is not exactly what I anticipated coming back from maternity leave, <laughs> but um, I'm really glad that it's here that I'm navigating this with um, my colleagues and and to have such um, great students and and support from um, school leadership is it's if you're going to have to teach through this strange time, this mm. is the place where you want to be doing it. Yes. Often when YOGs return to the school, whether it be for a celebration or they're involved in a particular program, they often would say how it's changed. And it's certainly a school that is uh, enjoying a period of growth and development and they're exciting times. But I wonder if, because you've had the experience of coming through Yarra as a student and now you're working here as a teacher, are there classrooms or areas of the school that you have memories of as a student and now you see them somewhat differently from a different angle now that you're a teacher can you take us into a room or a space around the school yeah sure there's a lot of I have a lot of memories um as I'm sure many people do I think those teenage years are where you uh, you do make a lot of lifelong memories um and obviously the school is a big has a a big sort of um, starring role in those. I remember, oh, look, I found it so cool coming here on teaching placement because it was the first time I'd ever seen the staff room. (laughs) Having been a student here for so many years, there was this um, secret elusive room up the top of those stairs. Um, And so I, I just remember thinking that was funny and looking back at it, you know, with an adult lens thinking, you know, how, how odd it had been this big secret um, I remember our year 12 social space is um, where the collaboratory is now. And okay, so right. where the year nines have their locker spaces is where our lockers were as well. But our for so- year 12? Yeah, for year 12. Right. And so our, um, our year 12 social space was 
um, upstairs where the collaboratory is. And um, I remember when, when we got to year 12, we could have, you know, our own kettle and toaster and all of those things were a big privilege. And so sitting around um, just being in each other's company in that space yeah. um, in our final year of schooling was how, really cool. How did people go um, on a cleaning roster of those <laughs> sort of devices? <laughs> um, oh, same struggle as we have I now? I would imagine it's <laughs> very much the same struggle. So, you know, while some things might have changed, some things have also stayed the same. Absolutely, absolutely. I wonder if, uh, if I was to offer a term to you, um, whether you can... Re- recognize it and tell me what you think it means what it meant then and maybe what it means now and that is our school motto lavabi oculus do you understand what that means does it resonate with you look it, it definitely does um resonate with me um and for me maybe that the that it resonates more deeply on it um is a personal and academic level as well i look spiritually yes but I think in terms of, you know, for me, lifting up my eyes and, and the, the support that Yara gave me to do that, um, it meant that I could, um, I guess, learn um, beyond what I knew and beyond what I thought possible and, and think about things in a different way and, um, I guess, lift up my eyes out of my own tiny sphere and out, you know, into something far bigger. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and now you're living that. Absolutely. And I wonder when you were a student here at Yarra, did you, I mean, I know you didn't go straight into teaching, but did you think then that teaching might have been part of your long-term plan? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I just wasn't, um, I just wasn't quite ready. Mm. Um, And look, a lot of young people probably can finish year 12 and leave and be mm, and, they um, know. and walk straight back into a classroom and, and flick the switch from teacher to, to student rather to teacher really quickly. I just don't think I was was one of those people. And so to get out and get some life experience, um, get some confidence um, and some assertiveness too, um, I think you'd, you'd really do need that as a teacher just to, you know, have a, have a control mm. um, about you, not you know, to be controlling or dominating, but just that um, assertiveness, I think, that came with maturity for yes, me. Yes, yeah. Often when we see things, when we're young, we see people or we see um, roles in community and we go, oh, one day I'd like to be like that. This podcast is called Inspired by Yara. And I wonder whether, and you can use names if you want to, was there somebody in your experience of, as a student that you were inspired by, whether that's inspired you to um, to lift your vision or whether it's inspired you back to the classroom. or So how were you inspired by Yarra? Uh, look, I was inspired definitely by Yarra um, as a whole and by the um, sort of the ethos and the values um, and the Yarra spirit, um, which I'm so glad actually really, you know, we've got a label for now because I've sort of always felt there was something that um, that was really special to Yarra. Uh, but there was definitely um, individuals um, within Yarra um, that ha- had a pretty profound impact on me. Mm. Um, lots of the teachers. Um, I remember my classes, um, a lot of my classes really quite um, vividly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, um, lots, of, lots of teachers that I um, learned with as a student 
I were still at Yarra um, when I returned, mm, and so yes. so that's another interesting twist. Absolutely, um, ha- learning to call um, Andrew Hocking Andrew as opposed to Mister Hocking um, was an adjustment. Um, but I had Mister Hocking for uh, Year Twelve History Revolutions, right. um, and I still you know I remember that and the classroom, and I remember a lot of what I learned, mm. um, which was really cool. Um, I had Russell Manning for philosophy, um, and my my interest in both. Um, philosophy and history um, has persisted um, and I'm still um, studying uh, philosophy particularly. Um, English and literature, um, I had some brilliant teachers. Um, My year eight tutor, um, Melinda Scash, was my English teacher and she had a very profound um, influence on me. Mm. Um, I remember her her kindness, her passion for learning and just I guess some of um, she pushed me to think differently and to think critically. Um, and as a 14 year old, that was reasonably new. Mm. Um, so what is your intent as a teacher now, as an educator? What's, what's your goal? What, what inspires you now? Why are you doing what you do now? What's, what do you hope to be able to create or develop or unpack for your students? I think, um, and again, at risk of sounding really cliche, I um, I feel like I, I want to pay it forward a bit. I had a really positive um, experience and I want to be able to um, contribute that um, to my students. Um, and having learned a bit about the profound impact educators can have mm. on students, um, I, I guess I'm in... Um, a really privileged um, position to be able um, to to try, mm. um, and I'm not suggesting that I'm, I'm going to have an earth changing difference for every student, but just to be able to to add to the experience. Um, I think, obviously, ed- academically and educationally, it's it's incredibly important for me to be um, effective and to be able to make some really complex. Um, concepts and theories in my subject accessible, mm. um, but also just as a as a human being to to forge um, relationships with students and make sure that they um, you know that they feel safe and and happy and supported um, and have a, a an environment in which they can thrive. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's great, and I think that as a result of that intention. There will be students who have had Miss Panache as their teacher who would say, I was inspired by, you know, we'll speak to them in 10 years, 20 years time. And perhaps they are referring to some of the, uh, the, I guess, the, the doorways that you open for them in terms of their thinking and their, um, some of those concepts that you talk about. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Your experience so far sounds like it's all gone really, really well. And that's a beautiful thing. Have there been some hard times? Have there been times where things didn't quite go according to plan? And if so, maybe there's a particular memory, whether it's school-based or not. And I just wonder if you would uh, talk to us about how you work through that. How did you pick yourself up and dust yourself off? Success is one thing, but another thing that's common to all of us is that things don't always work out. Are you happy to share with us an experience that didn't quite work out as you had hoped? Definitely. Um, and I'm sure, look, there, there would have been um, enough along the way 
to have um, been very character building for me. I think my first, well, the first setback that I sort of remember quite vividly was my, well, I think it was maybe towards the end of my first year um, of uni doing my um, psychology studies. Um, and I, I failed a unit for the first time that I think I'd ever failed anything. And I had been so used to being um, so well supported and having so many um, resources and, and teachers checking in on me and peers um, supporting me um, here at Yarra that to get out, um, it was just a really different experience being at uni. Um, and I I just was not, I guess, used to that sort of um, challenge. And, yeah, to, to actually have failed um, was really stressful. It um, hadn't been in your lineup up until then. No, it really hadn't. Mm. And it was a subject that, you know, would not have been in my wheelhouse anyway and I obviously hadn't worked hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and having to work through that and acknowledge that mm. um, as being the root cause of it um, and be accountable and take responsibility and suck it up and have to go back the next semester and do it again Right, um, was definitely character building. Yeah, yeah. Um, There will be some students of yours even, certainly some students of mine, who have just not quite measured up. They haven't made the grade, so to speak. And you give them some feedback, you give them some um, guidance, perhaps. What advice would you say to a student? Um, I don't know, let's pick a year 11, a year 10 student who doesn't get the result that they thought. What advice would you give either as a, a yog, as a teacher, as a mum, as a member of our community? Yeah, and I think probably my yeah advice across all of those hats that I wear would be the same. Um, And any of my year 12 students who are listening now will, you know, can attest to this being mine. They might have heard this, have they? They might have heard this. Um, (laughs) It's genuine. It's um, let's not do anything rash while we're emotional. You know, you you might get some news or get get, um, a result and be um, dissatisfied with it. That is not the time to be um, responding. Um, When rational, um, you, you have to have a look at, um, the true root cause of, of what went wrong. Um, and if that means um, being a bit introspective and and acknowledging that you didn't do the work or you didn't follow the advice or you cruised and you just thought you could get through, um, acknowledge it, own it. Um, one of the greatest bits of advice, or it's, it's a, a saying a former boss of mine used to say was, um, when something goes wrong, you own it, you fix it, and you don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And so that um, is something I, I pay forward now. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we would all benefit from doing that more readily, I think, mm. and not stewing on it for too long and, and just getting on with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I wonder, and that, that might be it, but are there quotes or affirmations or sayings that you... Um, sort of used to help you keep moving forward? Are there sort of motivational things that, that are written on, I don't know, on the mirror at home or pinned to a pin board on your way as you head out of your <laughs> office or is there something to help you get up and about? Um, yeah, there certainly is. And that that is one of them because um, things aren't always going to go according to plan. So own it, fix it, don't do it again. 
Um, what else? Um, there's a quote, and forgive me, I can't remember it word for word, but it is actually meaningful to me, um, is about, um, you know, consistent action even in the face of inconsistent motivation. Mm. Um, and I, you know, like anyone, can be, um, you know, unmotivated at times and and just having it in the back of my mind that, you know, the results, the action, the, you know, the goal can be attained but only through consistent action. Absolutely. And and I think you, you're 100% right. The true character of a person is not what they do when they feel motivated, but it's what they can keep doing even when they're not feeling motivated. Mm. And we all have those days. There's no doubt about that. I wonder whether I might um, offer you a whole bunch of quick-fire questions. They might be one-word an- one answers. Sure. Um, it'll stretch your memory perhaps just a little bit. Uh, give us a little bit more insight into uh, Stephanie, the schoolgirl. Okay. <laughs> um, Just cast my mind way, way, way back. Way it's back. such a long time. Although we have had uh, certainly some people who were uh, well and truly finished school and, have, <laughs> you know, begun their third job by the time uh, you came here. So we've had certainly some um, long past yogs. 2002, you'll, you'll be fresh on these. <laughs> what house were you in? Arnett. Uh, we asked briefly about a music or a drama. Um, I'm going to just say that you loved being the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know. I think um, Girl on Bus was actually my standout role. <laughs> Is that Was that in the program? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but I do remember not even having a prop but literally having my hand in the air and having to, to um, pretend. pretend to be on a moving bus. <laughs> Well, see, that, that that's true acting. That's yes. well done. Well done. Um, tell me what was a, a traditional lunch that you might have, you know, open your lunchbox or maybe you went to the cafe or what was a normal lunch for you while you were at school? Oh, look, it w- would have been a humble sandwich of some sort. Made um, by? Made by my dear mum. Good on your mum. And then on Fridays I would have a cafe lunch and it would be a cheese and spinach roll and a chocolate muffin. Nice, nice. <laughs> Would you prefer house swimming or house aths? Oh, gosh, aths any day of the week. Okay. And still? Yes, absolutely. I don't think I don't know if I actually got in the pool the whole time I was here. What was your first car? Oh, a little white Ford Laser. And uh, still functioning? Uh, no, I imagine it's, um, it's, it's, cooked. it's gone to car heaven now. <laughs> Um, is there a travel destination that would be on your list that you haven't been to that you would, you know, you'd love to go to? Oh, absolutely love to go to Egypt. Right. Yeah. Okay. And what, what in particular draws you to Egypt? Oh, the, just the history, um, the ancient Egyptian yeah. um, architecture and artefacts. Beautiful. Tell us, how did you used to travel to and from school? Uh, my mum used to drop us in the morning and then we'd catch the bus home um, and then halfway through year 12 I got my licence so I could drive. Now, you mentioned us. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Tell me who the who, who else makes up the us. The us, my younger brother, Tim, who okay. uh, was two years behind me, so he would have been class of 2004. Right, right. Very good. Um, we'll have to get Tim on for a uh, rebuttal perhaps. He'd and be he delighted. Can, uh, clarify some of these stories as well. Um <laughs> Is there a memorable moment, a one standout moment from your time at Yarra Valley Grammar? Wow. Oh, there's there's definitely more than one. Yes. But I think my um, 
debating like the nights that I would debate things. As a student? As a student. Okay, yeah. Yeah, as well as the preparations that we do um, for those. There's some really vivid memories that I have. And did you have a preferred speaker, as in terms of one, two or three? Not really. I remember being moved around, um, being a, a third speaker where there was a lot of rebuttal required, terrified me. Right. Um, but I would occasionally do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. Did you spend much time out on the sports field? And I, which sports were you playing? I did. Um, I really enjoyed my sport. Um, I enjoyed athletics. I was a sprinter. Not a brilliant sprinter, but um, a sprinter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in winter I played netball and summer tennis. Right. So I still play a bit of tennis now. Excellent. Um, I was a competitive little netballer, but I've uh, since hung up the netball skirt. Sure, sure. Do you have a, uh, a rhythm or a routine or a habit, maybe an app, that um, helps you stay focused or keeps you, um, I guess, on the, on the right track, on the right path each day? Um, I'm, a, I'm a list maker, which is mm-hmm. fairly non-technologically... Um, Reliant, but can be very uh, effective. Very effective, mm-hmm. um, and I've recently thought a lot about this because I was getting frustrated about not feeling like I'd achieved enough during the day. And I'm currently writing a, a thesis, and so you know, you're either finished or you're not. And mm. for five years, you're not. So you've yes. got to be able to create little goals. Yeah. Um, and so writing a list that let me actually tick things off and feel accomplished at the end of the day yeah. um, has been really effective for me. That is a grind. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Um, so it just had to be broken down into baby yes. baby steps. That's uh, persistence, dedication, <laughs> commitment. Madness, maybe. Mad- <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly that as well. Speaking with Steph Panache from the class of 2002, and uh, Steph, what's going really well for you now an opportunity for a 30 second brag what's something you're really proud of that you're involved in or heading towards or accomplishing at the moment um i've got plenty going on in my life um professionally and academically that you know that i'm really pleased with but um there's nothing i'm more proud of than um my role as james's mum um it's yeah that even get emotional even trying to articulate it but yeah of all the accomplishments um in my life he's he's the one Mm. and and being his mum is a a great privilege yes and certainly a journey to become a mum and now the journey just continues of now actually living the role and it's a day by day and there's good days and bad days And that's a nice way for us to bring this conversation to a close, particularly in the lead up to Mother's Day. I do hope you have a beautiful Mother's Day and that James allows you to sleep in perhaps a little (laughs) bit. And uh, and maybe then it's a little bit of breakfast in bed and a whole lot of crumbs and some artwork that he's going to reveal (laughs) to you. I wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being part of Inspired by Yarra and uh, thank you for sharing parts of your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. What a beautiful way to conclude that conversation with Steph Panache from the class of 2002, with her celebrating and recognising the greatest joy in her life is that of being a mum. Young James is a very lucky young man. Well, still a young boy at this stage, but I really enjoyed 
listening to some of Steph's journey and the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, and the endeavour that she has now in giving back. I love the full circle notion of being educated here at Yarra, being inspired by some of her teachers, and now with a great desire to give back and to seek to somewhat be an inspiration to others. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we do celebrate, recognise and acknowledge all of the wonderful women in our lives. I do wish you a very happy Mother's Day in what will be obviously an unusual and somewhat different but hopefully very memorable way to celebrate Mother's Day. And then I hope you'll join us for our next episode of Inspired by Yarra when I get to sit down with another Yog, another Yarra Old Grammarian and unpack their journey through school and life beyond. Take care, look after yourself and have a wonderful weekend and we look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye for now.